Our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Ephesians 3.20 I am able. For nearly two hours, Kent had alternated from standing, then sitting, then standing again in front of the massive window of his 25th story hotel room. During the pre-dawn hours of that Friday morning, he quietly scanned portions of the Tulsa skyline and the nearby university campus where he had spent a week attending intensive seminary classes. Suddenly, he became awash with an uncomfortable sense of anxiety. To combat that feeling, he whispered a quick prayer for peace and then ended it with an unplanned request. Lord, Use me as you will. Just as suddenly, that peaceful interchange ended with the urgent blaring of the 5 a.m. alarm that rang out across the darkened room. It was time for him to prepare for his early morning flight back to North Carolina. That morning literally morphed into a rushed blur through a quick shower, a gulping down of his continental breakfast, traversing morning traffic, and soon finding himself pulling up and stopping in front of the Tulsa International Airport and the Enterprise Car Rental parking lot. There he was to return the leased vehicle he had been driving, and in the parking lot, a small-framed rental agent came into focus, moving towards the Ford Explorer. He pressed down the button to activate the window as she approached. As the window was nearly three-quarters of the way down, the agent stopped abruptly and began to weep profusely, even turning away from him as if wanting to look no longer into his face. Not understanding what might have caused her reaction, he opened the door to ask another approaching agent what was happening and if he could be of any assistance. Instead of engaging him, the onrushing co-worker quickly hurried past him in an effort to support the young woman who appeared as though she was about to lose the support of her legs. She was still crying uncontrollably and now covering her eyes. Growing increasingly concerned for the distraught young woman, Kent exited the SUV and approached the two to offer some level of support. The distressed agent peeked at him and cried out loud, Oh my God, you look exactly like my father. Oh my God. Kent instinctively backed away momentarily before he began asking, Are you talking about me? She then fully uncovered her face and with a hesitant glance looked at him again, then immediately turned away again saying, This is crazy. You are my father. Then, there for a moment, she dropped her hands, faced Kent, and simply wept as she stared into his eyes. Eventually, she attempted to control her sobbing and asked in the sweetest, most desperate tone, Sir, my father passed away years ago. Would you object? Would you mind terribly if I just hugged you? At that moment, Ken understood. She was asking his permission to be intimately connected to her deceased father again 
through his physical presence. He instantly replied, by all means, holding out his arms and welcoming her embrace. She lovingly fell into his arms and wept against his chest. He too was moved to tears as the moment conjured up just how wonderful it would feel if only he were able to embrace his deceased father again. So there they were, standing, connecting in a timeless embrace. Two complete strangers in the middle of a rental car parking lot, immersed in the most loving moment as father and child. Both lost in their own realities of what this particular encounter represented and how much this moment meant to them collectively and individually. She eventually lifted her head and looked directly into Kent's face. And he asked her, what's your name? And she responded, Ebony. Well, how old are you, Ebony? She said, I'm 30 now, as if she was catching him up on the parts of her life he had missed since they've last seen each other. As if in disbelief, she shook her head softly and looked at him again and he began to cry and said, everything about you is my father. She touched Kent's face. She stroked his beard. And she continued, you smell like him. Your teeth looks like him. Your salt and pepper beard, the way you dress, everything. I miss him so much. Then she again began to weep against his chest. He was your hero, wasn't he? Kent asked her. Yes, he was. She quickly replied. Then she returned her face to his chest and hugged him tightly, then immediately apologized. Sir, Mr. I'm so sorry. I know this is too strange for you. I apologize for all this. But would you allow me to take a picture of you to show my sister? She will not believe me if I only told her about you. All the time this had been going on, the other agent standing there Kent later learned was her supervisor who had been nurturing the young lady through her grief periods since the loss of her father. As she softly put her hands on Ebony's shoulders, she tenderly whispered, don't worry, Ebony, just take your time with him and I will get the other cars as they come in. Before walking away, Ebony asked her, would you mind taking the picture for us? Then the supervisor took Ebony's cell phone and snapped a photo of them standing arm in arm, then went on about attending to the other customers. There, he stood with Ebony for a few more moments, allowing her to dry her eyes and regain her composure. As she did, he held out his hand and she grasped it. They shared a prayer, thanking God for what he had allowed them both to experience. She thanked Kent while continuing to apologize for any inconvenience that she had caused him and appeared almost embarrassed by the whole ordeal. Still, she glared at him in a state of disbelief as he began to turn away towards his bags inside the vehicle. She grasped his forearm as if she was reluctant to allow this moment to expire. By the time Kent had gathered all his belongings from the vehicle, 
Ebony had quietly slipped away to resume her duties of checking in the sudden rush of returning vehicles. Kent looked for her as he walked towards the terminal and suddenly spied her lowering herself into a small compact vehicle on the other side of the parking lot. And he yelled out, Ebony! Ebony! And she popped her head out of the car and looked across the parking lot to catch his gaze. You're still my baby girl, he shouted. With a new stream of tears from her eyes, a soft smile covered her face as she watched him walk into the airport terminal. Although Kent was there and had to accept that experience really just happened, he remained a bit stunned by the whole episode. About mid-flight, his mind flashed back to that brief early morning prayer he had whispered while looking out of his window. Lord, use me as you will. He then pondered. Wow, what prayer had just been answered for Ebony? Kent nor Ebony could have ever envisioned a scenario such as the one they found themselves, nor could they have prepared for it. Kent simply had offered himself as one willing to be used in kingdom business. And I am did just that. We who are called of God should cease in our attempts to limit the infinite I am within the tiny boxes of our finite understanding. We should begin to learn how to ask in faith according to his will, then become thoroughly convinced that the Lord attends to all effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous, which he has already promised will produce much. Then we must simply expect excellence. I am is able.